Welcome to the Urban Income Show, where we speak with CEOs, CMOs, CTOs, founders, and other executives who are minorities or in underserved communities to learn about their strategies for success. I'm your host, Lavalcha Chester, CEO of Growth Skills and Urban Income. Um, today's episode features Tara Nolan. Tara is a conscious marketer, business consultant, and creator. She spent over a decade in in startups and the advertising space, most recently serving as the chief global growth officer for Been There, Done That. Um, prior to this, she held senior leadership positions at Havas, Mullenlow, and other advertising agencies. Tara was uh, a Cannes Lion jury member uh, for the Sustainable Development um, Goals category in 2021, and um, and she's been featured in Business Insider, Inc., Hearst, Forbes, Adweek, and a bunch of other publications. Tara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lil. How are I'm you? good. How are you? I'm well. It's it's uh it's it's fantastic to to have you on. Um, how do you introduce yourself? That's an ever evolving question. <laughs> With an ever evolving answer, <laughs> um, but no, I mean right now it's it's I'm in a space of of building and reinvention, and so the best way like to describe me as as you did and initially was conscious business consultant, really working that have a higher order benefit to their work or are seeking to do so, and a lot of what I've pivoted into in the last seven years has been grounded and rooted in sustainability. Uh, through the marketing lens, right? Because it's a very broad space. So it is a lot of that conscious business development work. Um, also looking at the core skill sets that I've nurtured and fostered through the years being business development and PR and everything that goes with that. Um, and most recently, a, a co-founder role for something that is in stealth mode that's very exciting. So like I said, it's evolving, <laughs> ever evolving. <laughs> Amazing. And that's great. And I want to I want to read you something. I want to read you a headline and um and some bullets from that thing, because I want to go right there, because I think one, your 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 actions speak louder than than anything. And I think people want to be you basically by the response of, to this article. So here's the article. I think it's Business Insider. I turned down a $250,000 job offer, moved to St. Bart's to start a new life, a much higher, uh, happier um, since prioritizing my well, well-being over money, right? And then the bullets are, Tara, uh, Tara Nolan is a global advertising exec who um, struggled to align her career with personal goals. She used to attach her self-worth with the job and felt underwhelmed. And even though you had an amazing career, um, you just weren't happy. And so you, you visited St. Bart's, you, you found yourself and, and, um, and that, you know, I saw the email threads, I saw the comments and it's many of the people, cause we work together and, um, it's many of the people who I think wish they could do what you've done. So it's like, you know, um, so tell us about that process and, and, um, uh, um, yeah, so that came out not too long ago, and I kind of say it's it's an article that's been years in the making, right? It's you know you have a catchy headline and that's all well and good, but there's so much more behind the story. And so ultimately, I think that you know it comes down to you knowing what you really need to do for your your ultimate happiness and inner peace. 
And that's not always an easy route to figure out. And there's been, you know, many different modalities and inner work that I've pursued through the years in the past 10 years in specific. Um, and I think that's really helped me find the confidence and power um, to really make the right choices for myself. And, you know, like you just asked me about my title before it's ever evolving. It's kind of this conscious evolution of my personal path as well. And so all I knew at the time when I not only made that choice, but decided to leave New York um, from being a permanent resident to a part-time, I just wasn't happy there, even pre-pandemic. And I knew that there needed to be a shift for me in my life for me to feel um, like I was really alive, basically. And so after you know the pandemic had happened, I left the city. I was invited on a vacation down to St. Bart's with some friends I'd never been before. I got there and I just kind of found my people. Um, and it, it was a, a safe, happy island. People were, you know, living their lives freely and had the means to do so. I'll be, I'll be honest. It's a, it's an island that costs a bit to, to be able to enjoy, but it wasn't about that. It was about the, the community and the coming together and being able to um, enjoy your time with other people that were in a similar space and on a similar path. I found that very difficult to find in New York um, for some reason. Um, I'm grateful for my career being you know, started there and the network I still have. And I still am there. I still love it. But um, I, I was presented with an alternative and it felt better to me than what I had experienced in the past. And so I had the choice to take this one role that required me. It was a big four firm. And so they required my presence in the U.S. They weren't even that strict about it, right? But St. Bart's is a French island. And I already had made the mental decision, an energetic decision to go that route and, and explore what lied ahead for me. And I had a loose plan, but nothing really carved in stone. And, you know, I'm, I was fortunate enough, you know, I, I'm, I have the, the ability right now to only really look after myself in terms of, you know, financial responsibilities and so forth. And I, I do think that's important to note and, and acknowledge, but I also took a huge risk in saying, I'm going to go on a financial pause basically while I give myself the, space to explore and and figure out what is going to be the best route and setup and structure for me for my long-term success and happiness. And so I'm in that right now. Amazing. And uh, I think I think a lot of people want to get to where you are honestly and um and I sort of made that that jump into um you know I do still res <laughs> reside on the island of Manhattan, but um, but I you know work for myself and and all that kind of left ad land and, and all of that running my own shop and it's absolutely liberating. Let's talk about so what's your background um, and and you, what gender identity do you claim? I am a female. Um, I am from a cultural perspective, you know, third generation American, but. Heritage-wise, um, Irish, Scottish, and kind of a European blend, a bit of, of Irish, uh, like I said, and Italian, um, and probably some other things, that, you know, that through the years kind of have just trickled in or, or paths crossed over. Um, and I, I, I identify with those cultures, I think, you know, mostly because I spent a lot of time there in Europe too. So, so I was able to um, immerse in specifically the Italian culture when I studied my MBA over there. So 
um, there was a lot of things that I was exposed to and learned and, and adapted and embraced and still and still have those kind of cultural qualities today. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my genetic kind of makeup. It's amazing. And so coming up in, into into advertising as a woman, did you face any challenges? You know, I wouldn't say challenges, but in my early 20s, there was definitely that that kind of, I don't want to say toxic per se, but that alpha male thing. Like that was real. I remember a handful of incidents or occasions where there was inappropriate behavior, things said that were kind of just eyeball rolled away, but they shouldn't have been. So yeah, and that was, you know, as a young woman, especially, you're kind of... You, you want to trust those that are more senior than you and that you should be looking up to that should be a role model for you. And that's, that's not cool. Like that will never be cool ever. Never was cool. Never will be. It's, it's completely backwards for behavior like that to um, even, you know, cross the mind of someone in a position like that to, to actually to do. So, so yeah, um, I definitely remember things that shouldn't have happened. Um, no, I was never particularly, you know, directly, uh, involved in anything that would have been, you know, harm, harmful or, or dangerous or anything like that. But I, for sure. What advice would you give to anyone, any woman going through that sort of scenario right now, um, to help them? Cause you obviously were able to, to brush it off and keep moving and, and, and be positive. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think standing up for yourself and 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 knowing that you you have the backing of almost everyone, right? If it's not your immediate, you know, cohort in the business, it should be the company you work for. It should be a group outside of that. Whether you find those communities on LinkedIn or you know in real life or wherever, right? It, it, it's it's behavior that's not communicable, and I think anyone should feel if they're in a situation to directly to the face in the eyes, call that person out and say, you're making me uncomfortable. That, that isn't, you know, whatever you just said is completely wrong. Um, please apologize, <laughs> you know, um, and, and just say something like I, I, I wouldn't feel um, uncomfortable calling out behavior that is uncomfortable and not just. No, that, I mean, that that's important because I think you're right. A lot of, especially now, um, People have their have your back, right? And 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 they know that behavior isn't tolerated. And um and I remember, you know, at an agency that I, I worked at, there was a scenario where a young lady came to me, and she was very like terrified that nothing would happen. And um and I I was like, oh no, something will happen. And um and you know the the CFO of this agency at the time, who happened to be a, a woman just put her foot down and and you know the gentleman who who was our boss that did the inappropriate thing got removed right and you know, i don't know if the, I, don't, I don't know if the ceo of that company would have re removed them because there are scenarios where he, sh he should have been gone a long time ago because this is like known behavior but you know i i think people don't know that there are protectors and there are people who will have your back. And, and that's the majority of the case, right? Um, so I think that's, that's really important to, to acknowledge. And um, so any of your background, do you think that has anything to do with your, your success? Um, 
Yes. And I'll explain why in particular. I think my my mother's career in particular really left an imprint on me when I was younger. She used to work for NBC Olympics. And so she was often traveling for work um, overseas for lengthy periods of time and would always bring me home these, you know, trinkets and, and different souvenirs from all over the world, really. And so from like four years old, I was really literally exposed to different things, which I think started to strike a curiosity inside me for really like truly exploring culture, right? Like going to different, like I've lived abroad several times now and, and I travel, like you could say like slow travel, right? Like I go live places <laughs> because I, I just like stop on through and whatever, you know, I want to understand the people of that place um, and, and learn about tradition and learn about their culture and learn their language. And, you know, so I think because of my mom's career being so highly global, I was always kind of switched on. That's amazing. And um, I, I want to ask you about personal branding. So I took your course, right? I took your personal branding course and it was fantastic. It was so fantastic that I, you know, I put um, Tina who leads our, our head of our SEO and content practice and who is an executive in our company through it. And, um, and the one thing that I really, I want to, the question is like, how important is, is personal branding, right? That's the question. Um, but I really found it fascinating that you loudered it up to sustainability, but the way you did it is like the, the big causes that are globally in the world by like, I think it was the UN. And then how does that ladder down to like your purpose? And, and you were very precise in how you were able to sort of attach, like, give me the tools to be able to attach what I wanted to do, what I personally cared about with what the entire governing body of the world, if you'd like, um, is, and those causes, you know, I really like that. So, um, one, like how important is having a personal brand, uh, now, and then where do you think that, that sustainability angle for, uh, helps with that? Well, thank you for taking the course and for giving me Tina to also coach because it was great to have you both. Um, and I'm so delighted to hear that you appreciated that. So I will say that a personal brand is, you know, it's funny. I never thought when I started doing this work for myself that that's what I was doing. I just was being kind of embodying creativity and embodying um, a sense of who I wanted to be and leveraging media in a way that could position me in the way I wish to be seen and excel in my career. And so I will say that having this ability to create this personal brand for yourself that's rooted in your authentic self and, and where you see yourself going is more important than ever these days um, for a couple of reasons. One being the way that we consume content, um, generally speaking, and from social to, you know, and any, any which way, there's someone behind that message. And I think, especially as we see the rise of AI happening, there's lots of benefits to, to tools we can leverage to make this work of personal branding work for us. However, there's still the human element that's absolutely essential, and that is not going to go away, right? And it's only going to going to become more important. In fact, I think it's probably the strongest competitive advantage to AI is being able to express yourself and show who you are as an individual. Um, and, and whether that's you on a video or something like really bringing that out 
um, even though, of course, video through AI can be manipulated as well. Um, it's it's all ways to say that the essence of you is going to be more and more important. And the things that you can create and, and showcase yourself and your values, et cetera, um, is, is just going to be crucial for your success. You're creating a digital trail and, and a digital footprint um, that will only keep growing as you grow and, and as you expand. And so when it comes to sustainability, for me, it's really important um, for my values and my work to have that higher order collective benefit. And I wanted to, through this, this course that I offer, the Conscious Growth Academy, to be able to provide students with a, a, a view of the framework of the sustainable development goals and help them look at it through a lens that's meaningful to them. Um, and I call that figuring out your universal purpose driver. What is that thing? What is that area of the 17 sustainable development goals that will resonate with you in a way where you can say, this is important to me and I can bring a lot to this space by leveraging my skill set. And so that can give you some sense of what your potential value could be. Um, but it really grounds it and roots it in literally like this, the purpose and the mandates that the United Nations have set out to for the world at large to accomplish by 2030. Um, and that leads into a whole other you know, way of, of creatively drawing out your messaging, looking at the SDG targets of each sustainable development goal and really being able to get more granular with what it is that you're working on, whether it be a whole business or just your messaging and so forth. How can brands tap into that, right? Because that I think that's also important, and especially when you look at the world now, people are buying into purpose because that, like, people are buying consumers are are buying into brands that match their purpose, right? So, can you can you explain that? How companies can yeah. do this too? Yeah, I think it's a it's a great question, and you know, I see this often now because I'm I'm so in this space, and I just came from the Sustainable Brands Conference, which was a few weeks ago out in um, Minnesota. But it's, it's kind of the same for brands. The, the way I teach it is the same how a brand should approach the SDGs and their role in sustainability as well. It's where, it is, where does your brand feel like it has the most alignment um, and what, what resource can you leverage from what you have going on internally to make an impact? So there's 17 global goals. So instead of saying, yeah, we're going to try and tackle all of them, that would not make sense for multiple reasons. But if you can find focus, say, on a maximum of three, where they're, and they should cross-pollinate and there should be overlap and intersection of the goals, but, but being strategic and, and smart and authentic to your business and your brand and, and what your consumers appreciate – um, and being able to focus so that you can create the most impact is the most important thing. And then looking to, there's a seven, goal number 17, which is one of my favorites, is partnerships for the goals because it's all about collaboration. And so if you don't have a certain resource or capability that you know would help fulfill on your mis mission, go find someone else that has that because you probably can find a shared mission at the core and that way you can do more together. What would just be... Three things uh, uh, either either a person or a, a company can do to sort of get started. Definitely look up the SDGs um, and look at all the goals and see what's out there that is important to you, that's important to your business model. For example, it can be gender equality, it can be life on land, it can be climate change, no poverty. There's a bunch of different really amazing things. So look at that as a first step. Um, and bring together your stakeholders and your leadership and everyone seat at the table, 
all different departments and discuss how you can start to tackle um, a, a couple of specific goals, or maybe you just pick one to start or wherever you feel like. So definitely a leadership discussion, but across, across departments, it's not just the CEO. It's not just the CMO. The CFO should be involved. You know, if you have a chief sustainability officer, obviously um, anyone really that has perspective that can um, help, you know, think together and, and design a plan. And, and if you don't have that capability in house, think about who you can collaborate with. Like I said, back to goal number 17, I think a lot of businesses as well, regardless of industry, what's really important today is to share best practices, to share what are you doing in the outdoors space to enable um, greater circularity regeneration, right? Um, how do we cre create less waste in being a sustainable brand? So the information sharing is also really critical. So if you feel like you don't have enough information out there, call someone, right? Make, just, just, just reach out and say, Hey, you know, I share this mission. How can, you know, we, we be better together. Can we, can we have a call, right? Virtual coffee and, um, figure it out. Cause anyone that I think is in this space will want to be able to help not only the, the other business, but the cause, obviously, at large. Amazing. And so let's say there's there's a person, you know, they're good at their craft, whether it's PR, and, and they've come up through the advertising ranks. Um, maybe their job's in, in, in jeopardy right now. But if even if they're not, what advice would you give them to, 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 to help them start some sort of consultancy or use the skills that they have to make, you know, side income, if you'd like? Yeah. I mean, the, the value of your network is tremendous, right? I've always really um, tried to, not even tried because it's kind of just in my nature, but just really strengthen relationships with those that I work with um, and those that I don't even work with, but I think they're doing interesting things. You know, for the longest time I could remember if I read an article and I thought someone said something interesting, I would find them on LinkedIn and I'd reach out and say, Hey, I love what you said here. Would love to have a chat. You know, I constantly am talking to people that I might not have a direct need or, you know, vice versa, but I just want to get to know them to start establishing the connection and start building a relationship because I know that we share the same values. We're aligned. I like what they're talking about. And I think it's interesting. And so for me, um, and the advice for anyone would be just start, start talking and start getting active with, with other people. Um, even if you don't know them and if you do like all the better, but, but, but just be, just be transparent and be out there and speak your mind. And I think it, you know, we talk about, uh, in culture, you know, manifestation and, and manifesting this manifesting that when you, whether you're speaking to yourself via some kind of mantra or if you're saying on social media, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, I'd love to work with Patagonia. You know, you're, you're planting a seed of some sort, right? And I, I think I might've mentioned this in the course. It's kind of this, this idea of karma cause and effect. So you're saying something, you're planting a seed in someone's mind. Ideally that seed over time ripens and starts to grow. Right. So, and obviously back to media terms, reach and frequency, the more you're saying and doing something, the more likely someone is to remember you for that. Right. And I, what, what I really loved about the course that, that your course is that, you know, each besides like the, like the, the workbooks and the, the, all the stuff that you get and you're able to fill out so you could keep. So there's like, uh, you don't forget it. You could actually use it in practice and then, and then really build a strong brand. Um, I love that there was a meditation involved in it, like a, a, a means to sort of 
to ground you, remember, just like get all the stuff away. And, and you led it in such a powerful way. And it was really, it was really different and really strong. And I think some people, some people have trouble trying to meditate. And I like, I like that you made it easy. Like I meditate all the time, but I, I think that, um, I think that it was important that you made it easy and you're in the guiding and the, the visualizations that you were, you created were really, really powerful. Um, why do you do that? Why, why do you use meditation as a tool? Um, I love that. You love that. So thank you. Well, I started probably with, through yoga. I started practicing yoga about 20 years ago, which sounds crazy to say that out loud, but that's true. And through the years, meditation kind of slowly wove its way into my practice. So I became a certified yoga instructor in 2019. Um, and then I always wanted to study meditation a little bit deeper. And so I decided when I had some time, haha, in my calendar, that I would study and pursue my meditation certification. So I completed that in December of 2022. Um, and I think that the world needs more of that. Generally speaking, we are constantly just on the phone, on the zoom with the computer and rarely, unless you're disciplined and have a practice, do we give ourselves the nurturing and the time and the space to just be and, and, and relax and get clarity and get that grounding that we desperately need. And I incorporated the meditation in the program because it, it offers a means to not go from call to call to call to call to la da 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 da. It's like okay, we're here now. Let's hit the reset button. Let's just get real and and also just like literally loosen up the body and the energy, maybe blockages or whatever you have going on from your day or a stress or family thing. Who knows? And just just kind of relax into what you're about to experience. And yeah, I I think it was brilliant. I really. I really also like the fact that um, that besides the, the besides being guided, you gave um, you encouraged that we do it by ourselves. And, and the thing about and for everyone listening or watching, the thing about meditation is people don't understand it because they can, it's not a physical thing you can see, right? Like you understand that if you lift weights, you'll grow muscle, and you could see that and you could feel that. You could feel the effects of meditation if you stick to it. So give it a try. There are apps like Headspace that that really really help with that. Um, I think Calm is another one. But um, I really just just go for it because when you think of income, um, I think health, a part of health. There's physical health. There's mental health. There's there's spiritual health. That that all is wealth, right? And I, I just love that that you do it and. Um, and um, so let's switch topics a, a little bit. Um, what, if any, side hustles did you have it as you came up in your career? Well, so it's 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 all kind of connected, and I love what you just said about you know people maybe feeling like the meditation they they don't see the results. What's really interesting as you get deeper in this practice is even bigger and and more transformational results start to appear in your life. Um, it's this, you know, like we say, a meditation and, and Tibetan Buddhist um, practice karma and, and that cause and effect and planting the seeds, right? So I started the, the first side hustle I had, I basically started in 2017. And I 
left, I actually got let go from a job and I decided to take a pause from the advertising industry and I went traveling. And at the time, Instagram was the hottest place to be. Um, but there was this complete lack of what I thought content that had substance, meaning it was people in their, you know, stupid photos or whatever food pictures, not that food stupid, to be fair. I have a lot of food blogger friends and they're amazing people. Um, but just, just, just stuff that was not, um, rich in substance basically. And when it came to traveling, I saw nothing about um, supporting cultures or showing interest in, in destinations that might have needed a spotlight and things like that. And so I went on this journey and I said, okay, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm just going to start a blog that I built in WordPress and started an Instagram account. My initial account was the conscious connoisseur <laughs> because uh, a lot of things were taken to be fair at the time, but I wanted to create content that spoke to sustainable travel. So going to places that are off the beaten path because everyone knows when, you know, you spend your dollars, it's that that's the most important decision you can make is where you spend it. And then that money, they should stay in that economy. So I started this, this blog. Um, and I, like I said, had no clue what I was doing. So I was figuring everything out on my own and slowly that became a, a small source of income. Some brands approached me and I did some brand partnerships and influencer work but I was also then I had gone back into the workforce and it's really hard to do both. You know, it's really, really hard to do both. Um, I think people can do that if uh, they're probably taking less of a financial risk. Um, and this is probably a, a, a very biased uh, statement and generalization, but I'll just say that you see a lot of younger folks out there um, that maybe have entered the workforce, but maybe they're only in the workforce for a few years you know, that have the ability to say, okay, I have, I can make the leap, right? It's, it's the, the range of income is, is not that vast, you know, the difference. So I think that a lot of people have said, young people have gone that route, which is amazing. And you look at the creator economy and the ability that it's given people to do what they love is, I think it's a phenomenal thing. Um, and I think that space is only becoming more and more important. I think that the idea of creators, um, I can go on this topic on, you know, on and on, but they're, they're essential, um, to, to a brand's, uh, success for many reasons. And so I kind of was going down this path, but then was back in corporate and I found it really difficult to do both. But then I also decided that I didn't want to be a travel blogger. I didn't want to go on these press trips and do all this stuff. You know, that wasn't really what I was looking for. What I was looking for more was being able to really leverage what I knew I had inside me for my skill sets to create more positive change. And that actually ended up being um, a more business centric approach to my work than travel. So I started to slowly make this pivot and the content I was sharing that was trying to speak to more brand things. Um, and I also didn't really want to be an influencer at the time. I didn't want to do that work. Um, and I think, you know, I, I probably could have kept going with it and it probably, I would have been happy in the place I ended out with, given what I just said about the changing role of a creator. Um, but I didn't, <laughs> and I decided to to go more on this business path. And um, for me, you know, the course that I have, we've been talking about is is one example of how I manifested something new, like a new product um, that I'm I'm looking to kind of relaunch again in September. So 
you know, it's a long ways of saying it started, it started in one very specific place and travel is still a piece of my life. Cause that's literally how I live. I'm living in multiple places and sharing stuff that I do in different places. Um, but it's been a journey. It's been a, a, you know, an evolution, but I think that is honestly like the true roadmap or the path of an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know some of the things you're working on that are in stealth mode and I'm very excited. <laughs> about that so we won't go there um I'll give a plug though a quick plug because we talked a lot about meditation and the importance yeah um, if you want to follow for anything right now uh the instagram i think i literally started like three days ago is we vibe.love um and there you can start to get a feel for for the brand and what we're building and um we're we're hoping to launch probably in about a week i don't know when this is airing but if uh, if you're following the Instagram, you'll be able to request um, an invite as well to what we're opening up and and get all the information on on what's happening. But it's been really exciting and a lot of momentum, and I have a very very good feeling about it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so good stuff there. Um, what what do you uh, what do you wish you did with your money sooner? Mm. Great question. I was thinking about that that this morning. Um, I wish that I had um, worked with a financial advisor sooner. Mm-hmm. I wish that I had looked Me at too. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I, I mean, I what I was smart about doing always was 401k maximum contribution. So always putting that in because, you know, I, I knew. I knew when I was like in my mid-20s, I said to myself, you know what? I, I have a sense that I'm probably not going to be in corporate forever. So I need to do this now. Right. So I've always done that. Even when I was making, you know, peanuts working as a media planner, just starting to put the money away. So that was good. Um, but also, uh, the Roth IRA is a, a great thing to do when uh, you have kind of like less wealth, right. And when you can, when you can pay less tax, um, earlier on, I think it's, it's a great, option to to look into um i think at around our age level it's probably less effective or beneficial um but those are two things i wish i did earlier and probably the third i'd say um would be to invest in real estate if the market opportunity was was a positive one or or um an opportune time because i think that that's you know there's there's one thing i remember from accounting class it was not my favorite <laughs> class in in college but i remember distinctly um land is your greatest asset because you can't create more right very simple um and so i think that i would have loved to to purchase something somewhere right where the tax dollars weren't insane and um i could have you know had that as a diversified asset yeah no, so everyone, when you get a job, if you have a job in that 401k, use it and get that company match. And yes. Then and it, also and- know when they, sometimes they, um, there's policies like, like how long you should stay before they can do more with your money, for example. Right. So, so know those deadlines too, because maybe you want to leave a job, but they might say, you know, if you stay another year, there's some benefit to that. So calculating yeah. that and knowing what you're going up against if you have a new offer somewhere is also really important. Yeah, like a three a three percent match company match versus six percent is pretty good, and and maybe you want to stay a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. The risk of free money that they're putting into into your um into your four hundred one k. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah so one what's the um what is the nicest thing someone has ever done for you Ooh, that's a really good question the nicest thing i feel like i could answer that in so many ways um someone recently told me that i was a gentle soul and that really resonated with me because i just was like Oh, like you, you see me, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, like I am, you know, and it was also something I kind of have been reflecting on too. So to, to hear someone recognize kind of like my own internal dialogue, I was like, ah, nice. So that was one nice thing. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I really appreciate like the, this sounds so cliche, like the simple things, you know, these days, um, time in nature, you know, going on a hike together and not looking at phones, um, uh, stuff like that, you know, the real thoughtful things, um, considerate things. And, and the reason I asked that question is because I think that, especially as like minority underserved communities, um, you could focus on the negative of things or your situation, but I, I think everyone has um, something amazing that someone else has done to them um, that you could be thankful for. And I think thinking of those things really, you know, puts, you know, your energy, your mind in a different way. And I think you, you know, it focuses you to be more, more positive versus um versus versus negative and i'll share something with you and i think you uh, you definitely know this story and this this goes like this has everything to do with like we talk about karma and the universe and all those types of things um i i you know i had my first panic attack because i had the big advertising job and then i had the uh you know home situation where i was breaking up with my ex had my first panic attack passed out fell head first into the train tracks almost died a random person pulled me off the train tracks and saved my life. I believe that the, cause like, just think about it. I would just be dead. So my strength, there's nothing I could do. I was just given up to the universe and the universe said, no, this dude is going to pull you off the tracks. Right. I, I wake up and I get out of the hospital. I wake up in the morning and I come home and my friend calls me, and this friend is like, he's a popular DJ now, and um, we used to break dance together. But he spreads love like no other. Like we, like we built, we have spreadlove.org. We built an app, and I built this years ago before this even happened. And we we created this site that allows people to give hope and inspiration through an anonymous email. And I think because of things like that. That's why the universe sort of saved me and said, like, you're not done yet. So this guy calls me, and this guy is just a good human being. He's, like, of our kind, right? And he goes, hey, Brisk. Brisk was my, my breakdancing name. He's like, Brisk, um, are you okay? And because I was terrified of what happened, I just didn't know what happened, I said, yeah, I'm fine. What happened? He was like, oh, my friend said he pulled a Laval to Chester off the train tracks and i was like that was your friend wow so like how crazy is that that's crazy that is wild yeah i was like that was your friend give me his number because he saved my life wow 
And like, I felt so bad because after, you know, when I, when he pulled me off the train tracks and he sat me down, this is F train, second Avenue, if anyone's in Manhattan, F train, second Avenue, um, he was standing above me and he's like, like 190 pounds, maybe. And, you know, I, I used to fight bare knuckle karate and, you know, I, I'm what, no, I was a lot larger than, let's say that. And when he told, he tells, so I come to, cause I, I was knocked out. I broke my leg. I like lacerated my head. I was left like I would have been mashed up by the train he's like I pulled you off the train tracks and I'm like there's no way so you better back up um and then I, I went to stand up to go to leave and my leg buckled and I felt searing pain so I was like oof I, like I literally sat back down because I couldn't walk I was like oh he this might be real and um and you know I felt so bad because that's how I reacted to him the natural thing is like I'm in New York. I will eat your face. Get away from me. <laughs> and, um, and but like having, and then I had a conversation with him, and you know, and it was just of the same kind. It's like, and when, uh, and I really, then I saw, I saw this news thing where someone fell into the train tracks, and what the people did was they recorded. Oh, they didn't. They didn't. They just pulled out their phones. So like, and I was like, you know, like, of the world sometimes. The the the. the the stats around that it's a, a guy that my got my my boy who also spreads love you know was able to find me pull me off the train tracks and like you know so it's really like all of it when you think about the karma thing the point i bring this up is like what you put into the universe doing good being kind met, like the karma mm -hmm. is not fugazi it's not bs like there there are and I'm living proof. You're living proof. But I, like, I would be dead. There's no like. There's no. There's no me. And um. And you know. So that that message is really important. All these things, just because, and it goes with meditation too. Just because you can't touch it, you can't mm -hmm. feel it, does not mean that it is not real. Yeah. Um, so, like Biggie said, spread love. Um. Last question. What bit of advice would you give to your younger self? I have to say, I, I've always been, I've always really followed and done what I wanted for the most part. So I'm, mm. I'm pretty content on that front. Um, but the advice I probably give my younger self would be just don't take any shit from anyone. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Kindness and spreading love doesn't mean you're weak. And not take shit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean like in any form, you know, whether it's a romantic relationship or a boss that is just raising hell or whatever, just don't take shit, you know? Or, yeah. you know, if it's a professional situation, you know, as well, like be able to look at the face value of things and, and, and manage your emotions in a way where you're like, you can compartmentalize, but in a healthy way, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, just definitely don't take shit from anyone. And whether it's someone you have to say you're, you know, behaving inappropriately or a partner that is not treating you with the utmost respect, like, no, no one has time for that. Absolutely. And we're, we're going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take us out of here. Um, thank you, Tara, for being on the, on the show today. Um, everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Urban Income Show. I hope that you found this uh, episode informative and inspiring. Please remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social media. I'll see you on the next one.
Thank you for watching and listening to this episode of the Urban Income Show. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow us on social, and visit urbanincome.com.